Hello there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. All right, well, guys, I'm back from the homeland of Lou Priolo. Oh, welcome back, Dees. I was in Europe, but we went to Italy. We went to Italy twice, Lou. How about that? Cool. Where? Yeah. where you went to Venice? Well, we, we flew home from Venice. Okay. But then we kind of started off in like Tuscany, which nice. was really a sweet time. So you flew into Venice, then went to Tuscany. and then- We flew, no, we we COVID kind of chased us around. We, we weren't going to go to Tuscany. We went to England. But then, like, I had to pivot last second because England didn't want to let us in. And so I found a Ryanair. You know about Ryanair? Yeah, of course. I can fly my whole family for, like, $150. They kill you on the luggage, though. Be careful with well, the luggage. Well, you know, we, you can buy the, you pre-buy right. the That's luggage. Right. Yeah. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, so we flew to Pisa and did, like, the whole thing there. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. We had a cool. great time. Well, but they're, you know what they're all saying over there? Are they talking about Lou? How's Lou? Where's Lou? Where's our guy Lou? Priolo. Um, but I'm really glad to be back, and I'm really excited about this little series. We're kind of talking about like family discipleship, um, passing faith from one generation to the next, generational discipleship, maybe another way to put it. And I'm joined today by people I really respect. I, I want to learn actually from everybody in this circle. Uh, of course, you've heard from the world-famous Luigi Priolo, Blake Rogers, who's, I think, one of the best dads in Abby. I mean, you know, yeah. really, it's yeah. kind of like all-star parents, the, the Rogers family. We 18. dropped our oldest off at kindergarten this morning, I know. by the way. So it was a big day for the Rogers that family. A big day. I'm like getting emotional just thinking about that <laughs> for you. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, your favorite and mine, Jennifer McClish, uh, the Rose Among Thorns here today. And so <laughs> world's greatest mom and, you know, obviously married to the perfect man perfect so man. perfect couple this yeah. is this is a this is an all-star <laughs> this is an all-star crew um yeah. so we, we jumped into this yesterday we we i looked at this little passage in in psalm 44 that i think is a i love the little passage it's it's basically look look our fathers told us these things um and what they told us was it wasn't their sword it wasn't their strong arm that has established us it was the lord because his face was toward them, because of his strength, because he delighted in them. And then this is just like, and this, this is what, this is who we are. This is what it means to be the people of God, the people that God delighted in, the, the people that God showed kindness toward, the people that he turned his face toward. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday. God could turn his face toward us um, who are in Christ because he turned his face away from Christ. Um, so yeah, we, we started talking about God's plan, this generational discipleship. Our fathers told us these things, and that was how God was going to establish, uh, his people from one generation to the next. So I don't know, thoughts, comments, questions on just that idea. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very fascinating, you know, um, like God is fully deserving of generational worship, right? Mm -hmm. And, and he has a right to it. Um, we are his image bearers, right? We, we, we do not exist apart from him creating us, sustaining us, 
And so it is it is right as his image bearers to reflect his image and bring him glory in this world forevermore. Like this, mm-hmm. yes. in, in, in God's good plan, that was how he chose to receive glory. And so it's right that we think about these things. I think you did a great job pointing us to that, Dees. Well, and I just think there's a lot to learn, like both in the Old Testament and then it still applies to us today. Like I always say, we're doing what we're doing right here at Christ Covenant is the worst kind of church planting. And what I mean by that is we're in a place where in previous generations, there were a lot of flourishing churches that were very gospel centric and very centered on God's word. And just like the story I told about Josiah and the temple, mm-hmm. somehow in the temple, I mean, that's, that's the tragedy of that story. It's like the, the very place where the word of God is to be loved and delighted in and celebrated mm-hmm. in it was lost Lost. and it was forgotten. And it's hard for me to like hear that story and not think about churches even today. And I have friends that, you know, are in churches or even I have some friends that pastor churches that have lost the Bible and they celebrate all sorts of things. Most of them, it's become kind of some sort of like political thing um, with like Bible verses um, Mm -hmm. or Ted talks with Bible verses. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a self-help a lot of Christian churches have been either reduced to some sort of self-help with a Bible verse or political activism with a Bible verse. But what they've done is actually forgotten the message of the gospel and forgotten the Lord. And um, and 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 we hope to be here to to bring back pe- people back to a gospel centrality. Yeah, it's. Um I know it reminds me how we think that that is what God wants from us. I think a lot of times to, of course, to do the right thing and to be righteous and to follow his law, but how easily it is to take that back and to then start relying on our own strength. And again, it was just such a great reminder. But the thing also I was impressed with is that, that it's, um, that he lifts our burden and that that this is actually easier, the easier way. This is the more amazing, awesome way that God has the plan and that we don't have the plan. Because especially in parenting, I feel like you don't have to do it very long before you realize this is a this is an impossible project <laughs> that I've taken on with these kids. If it were all up to me, uh, we're lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to to be reminded in such a beautiful way that it's God's plan. When I uh, <clears throat> when I wrote to teach them diligently, of all the books I've ever written, <clears throat> it had the most profound impact on me than anything else. It was first of all supposed to be like a booklet, you know, and then I got into it. And it's like, well, there's too much in this one. It all gets back to Deuteronomy six six through nine. These words which I have commanded you today shall be on your hearts, mom and dad, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and sh- shall talk of them when you lie down, when your eyes open, you sit in your house, and walk by the way. When I, when I really understood my responsibility to teach the scriptures to my kids, it just profoundly changed. It changed what I did in the evenings. It changed my whole perspective on life. Um, like, what more do I have? What more important job do I have? I have a few, maybe, but I mean, than teaching the scriptures to my kids, I have them a very short period of time, and I'm not going to be able to, you know, obviously eradicate their sin nature. So I've got to be able to teach them enough of God's word to where they'll have it when they need it in the future and to teach them enough about Bible study so that when I'm not around, they can go to the scriptures themselves and understand what God says they Mm -hmm. need to do to collaborate with the Holy Spirit in this process process of sanctification. And and I just want to say, if you're listening to this and you're kind of like new to the church and, and maybe new to Christianity, 
when we talk about teaching the scripture, we're not talking about like teaching it in some sort of like, you know, academic Bible study sort of way, even though that's a part of it. We're, we're talking about teaching the word of God. What we believe is God has communicated himself through his word so that we can know him personally. Mm. Teaching the scripture to your children is really showing them the almighty God in a correct way, right? Mm -hmm. We can't make that up. We can't, and a lot of people, that's how they teach God. Oh, God isn't everything. God isn't, and of course God isn't everything, but he's in everything in a particular way that he has shown us that he mm -hmm. is. And we can know that because God's actually communicated us through his Bible. So when we talk about, if you maybe kind of grew up in a, you know, very legalistic or harsh. I, I want to speak into this because we're not talking about just doing this in act, like doing some sort of religious academic thing. We're talking about trying to have an encounter with the living God. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest, like, I just think about this in the sermon yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like how, what, what are we even talking about here? Like how is the almighty living God of the universe desirous to commune with little people like us. Mm -hmm. I mean, what we're talking about is so fascinating. Uh, and I, I hope that my children don't see any sort of, you know, instruction or Christian instruction in my home as something that's, oh, this is just what dad does or dad mm -hmm. says, but they're seeing in it God and that they would be captured by the wonder of knowing God. And, and that's really what you're talking about, Lou. It's you as a father have the amazing and mothers the amazing responsibility of of really introducing. I was joking with Lou <laughs> oh, <laughs> earlier. There was a there was a family that visited our church for the first time yesterday, and they've read a lot of Lou's books, and they were kind of starstruck when they saw Lou. Aren't we all? I mean, <laughs> yes. Aren't we all? And so I I was really excited. Actually, I was like, Oh my gosh let me go yeah. and introduce you. Yeah. And so I was actually kind of excited me to too. go and introduce them to Lou, the great Lou Priello, you know? And so, but that's, that's, that's what we're doing as parents. We're saying, oh my gosh, I want to introduce you to God right. and you can know God and you can know God through Jesus who I know. Mm -hmm. and, and here's what Jesus has done for you. And here's what God has said about himself. And, and the way that we do that is by teaching scripture, living scripture, it, it being just a part of everything that we do in life. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why I love that you started out with a, when you're talking about God's plan, just reminding us that this was finding ourselves in his story, which is that he delights in us. And you think about, you know, if you have that reality in your life that all of the things you've learned about God um, through your struggles and through your study of his word and that he delights in you and then to your point, you have that, you are communicating that to your children. It completely changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And God's, you know, he obviously has revealed the fullness of himself through all of the Bible, but for little children in particular, like in our home, like telling the story of the Bible mm -hmm. through really helpful little resources, like the Jesus storybook Bible, make this very accessible and easy. Right. I mean, and, and that's the, the wonder, um, that you're seeking to to create is is oftentimes found in being moved by a story, right? It, yes. It's God has a story that He is writing. It's this great redemptive story, and I just mm -hmm. recommend to all the parents as you're seeking to do what Lou is saying here from Deuteronomy six, uh, grab that resource. I mean, I I've been to seminary, but my faith is encouraged every time I open up that mm -hmm. little Jesus storybook mm -hmm. Bible by Sally Lloyd Jones, and so I cannot recommend that resource to you enough. 
Um, we could, let's, let's go ahead and, I mean, we kind of jump all around, but I, I do, I think th this would be helpful if we got a little more practical here. We talked yesterday, of course, God's plan, generational. We talked about our idols creep in, and we can talk more about that. We talked about how we are restored in Christ, right? And I, I, I do want to be very clear about that. Like, I am not justified before God because I'm a good parent. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really not a good parent. I'm reminded of that all the time um, by my wife and by my children. And um, but but I believe that I have been restored to God. I believe that God does turn his face toward me amazingly, even though, according to Psalm 34, he should turn his face away from me. Mm -hmm. But he turns his face toward me because he turned his face away from his son. Mm hmm. And in Christ, I can be redeemed. His countenance is toward me. His peace is toward me. And so how do we respond to that? And we talked about three things, practicing the rhythms of grace, which really is what we're talking about here in, in all of Christendom, spiritual disciplines, but in particular, the discipline of some sort of family discipleship or family worship. Number two, capturing the moments of wonder. Mm. And then number three, celebrating milestones of maturity. And, and really all three of those go together. Mm -hmm. One's not more important than the other, really. It is the rhythms of grace that oftentimes open the door to the moments of wonder, which oftentimes open the door to spiritual mm -hmm. maturity in your kids. They, yeah. they all kind of build on one another. Mm -hmm. I don't know, so I mean, talk, I'd love to hear kind of y'all's insights on that. You're all parents. What does this discipleship practically look like in your homes? Yeah, I would say, you know, there's of those three, the one that we have the most control over is the first one, right? I mean, you can practice the spiritual disciplines by your will, right? Mm -hmm. you, you decide to do this and, you know, we in the Rogers home have not perfected that, but we are striving to um, get better and better at how we do family worship, which again, you know, we've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a two-year-old. And so, <laughs> sorry, you know, it's whenever wild, we were trying to sing last night, um, I can't say on air the kind of complaints that were coming from my kids, but like, it was just like, come on guys, let's just sing this song together. But, right. but that is something that you can control. And a lot of times, um, the beauty I think of this first one, uh, practicing the rhythms of grace. It's it, it's not always what your children are taught in those sessions that's going to stick. It's it's that pattern of what they catch over time. They're that's like, right. you know what? As I look back over my childhood, my parents were diligent to sit down with me. That this was a priority in the home, and that forces them to say, "Is this a priority for me?" That's right. And and by God's grace, He holds them through the example of. The parents, which is the point of Deuteronomy six, in our home, <clears throat> the the rule was we would try to have family time every night. Well, maybe six nights a week, and for lots of reasons, you're not able to do that. But you play. We 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 call it family time. You know, our family worship, <clears throat> and we plan to do it every night. But you know, honestly, on the average, it probably came out to you know maybe two point six or something. You know, mm -hmm. three th three nights a week. But think about it. You know. 15, 20 minutes a day, three times a week. Think of the impact of that. And, and you know, the, the rule was like, if you don't, if that doesn't strike oil, whoever's leading it, it doesn't strike oil in 15 or 20 minutes, quit boring. So, I mean, you know, sometimes you had to shut it down really we weren't getting anywhere. But sometimes it, go, it went a lot longer. I remember one night in particular, we were going to watch a movie. And so we're going to have family time first for 15 minutes, you know. And then it just kind of uh, unfolded in front of us. We were there for two hours and the kids were attending with interest and we never got to watch the movie that night. Mm. But, you know, you, you, you plan to do it 
small burst, you're gonna have to realize, you know, for most of us, our, our lives are like 70% interruption. We're not gonna be able to do it consistently, but for us, what worked best for us, not the only way to skin a cat biblically, okay, but for work for us, we plan, tried to do it every night, and if we ended up doing it two or three or four nights a week, that was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. Oh, sorry, Jennifer. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, for us, um, Matt traveled a lot um, when the kids were small, and um, for his career, I mean, that's just the way it is, you know, with his um, type of work. So we. Um, you know, our discipleship of the kids, the plan time was, we chose bedtime and oftentimes it was me doing it. And I did worry about that. Like, okay, are we not doing like this whole family time? Is dad not, you know, involved enough? And um, we probably had, you know, too many discussions about it because I got really fearful, like what's going to happen to our kids if our dad, if their dad isn't doing (laughs) discipleship. But what we found, um, was that he when he came home and he did it it's like his time with them almost was um exponentially more impactful than it felt like i mean i know my time was was important but dads just have the the kids it just really is impactful for dads who are busy and traveling and you know always doing work outside the home for us that's how it was um when he came and sat down with them it really meant a lot and it really stuck so i just kept going when he was gone with the nighttime routine and then we would do things like um when it got difficult because everybody it was hard for one person to keep all the everybody on track i just did it individually and there were times when i thought i do not i don't have the energy to do this like you know i've been home alone with them i just want them to go to bed and then have me time but i would be so convicted about the what am I saying no to here? Mm-hmm. Like say yes to the, you know, and also just relying on God's grace to actually read the story, sing the song and pray. And it just, it's so many beautiful things came out of that. I wouldn't, I only regret not doing it more, not, yeah. you know, the time I missed. So one of the things that I think, you know, you've taught me Lou and it, it is that I thought was cool about your family worship is you, you try to like, start with something that your children were thinking of. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe not every parent can really do that. You know, you can just like right, start right. somewhere and go right, wherever. Right, right. But um, but I will say this. So like, for example, the catechism, which I think is a really good tool. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to introduce it to the church next week. What I've tried to do, because I, you know, we first started, we, we actually started going through catechisms together as a family and we would just do it. And, you know, I don't have the Priolo girls. I have like Amriana, who's kind of like a Priolo girl, but then I got these two little boys that just, <laughs> they don't want to pay attention. Yeah. But if I, if I can, if I like, so John Kells right now is like really into fishing, you know? All right, go. He, oh man, he <laughs> loves it. He loves it. And so that has been a way that I, if I can connect anything to fishing, I'm immediately in, you know? How many things can you connect to fishing? You can fish like, a lot. Like, Millions. I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think yeah. everything is connected. Life is fishing. fishing. Is that and what we're saying? No, fishing is the biblical sport. And so anyway, yeah, well, there you go. Um, and so anyway, so I'm immediately in with him. And, and so I've tried to do that more and more. Like, okay, start with like something that I know they're kind of going to, they're going to listen to. Yes. They're, they're really into dude perfect. And, you know, those guys are Christians, right? And so, um, so that, that's been something that's helped me as in this time of regular regularity because to blake's point earlier like when you just have little kids and and our kids are getting older i mean just 
good news for you, like five's a lot easier than two. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. uh, the age five yeah. is yeah. a lot easier right. than the age two. Five children is actually more hard. Harder, <laughs> harder than two children. But uh, yeah. yeah, but like even Rainer, I mean, Rainer has been to preschool. Like he knows how to like sit and listen to something. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it gets so much easier. Um, maybe when they get older, it gets harder again. But it right now we're in like an age where I can at least talk to them and they can listen and comprehend. But the point I'm trying to make here is what is the way in? And if it's dude perfect, if it's fishing, mm-hmm. you know, if it, it, whatever it may be, I've tried to find those and it's been, yeah. it's been good for our family. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Lou. Um, but what you're explaining, I think is something that is helpful, right? You, you, you started somewhere and you sought to get better at it. Yeah. Right. You, you just, you seek to find new and better ways to teach this story of God that reveals who God is to us in better ways. And yeah. I think like if, if you start wherever you are as a parent, like if you start today, even if you like fumble around kind of what that needs to look like mm-hmm. and you have this heart and attitude that just wants to get better because you feel the weight of your stewardship, then you're in a great place. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. in a great place. Totally. There's one other thing that, um, I, I really saw make an impact on my kids and it was, uh, stopping to pray, um, at all times of day, you know, something that happens and instead of saying, Oh, I'll pray for them or we should pray for them or whatever, you know, just to really stop and mm-hmm. for them to see that this, I remember one time Madeline, um, was so afraid to get on elevators. And so we would pray every time before we got on an elevator. That's awesome. <laughs> and, um, I wonder but if she still does that. I know exactly. Um, but there are things like that that you said, I don't know. It just, you can get busy and efficient and think we'll pray about that later, but to really stop and make these moments count. Well, and this is what I'm talking about with capturing the moments of wonder, right? Mm -hmm. That fear is actually a moment of wonder. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a time to say, okay, like your heart is open to something Mm -hmm. in your fear. You can approach the Lord and seek God's help and seek God's care. Um, when you are excited about something, you can approach the Lord. I mean, and so we would we would do the same when when, when you face problems. I mean, that's you know, I, and again, I think some of this is just like how often when we actually face a problem is our first inclination to pray, <laughs> mm-hmm. just in general, which it should be. Um, but then you know, adopting that with your kids is just is great. And and you know, this this little trip that we just went on, this big trip there were so many moments of wonder just because there was so much time. I mean, some of this is just spending time, time with your kids. Right. Um, but every day we were facing new challenges. So I just feel like it was a, it was a huge discipleship time for us um, just because our kids ask so many questions. And so this is fresh on my mind just because I feel like I've just been able to enter into so many of these places with uh, the D's kids in capturing the moments of wonder. But I think the point I was trying to make earlier, and Blake, you made this point, that those are like built upon some of the more regular practices of our life. Like we open the Bible together. And so so there's assumptions that are just there. And then now we can build upon that and take them more personally into the hearts and lives and the minds of our children. Mm-hmm. For me, the, the thing about the moments of wonder, I call them teachable moments, is that that's, that's sort of implicit in... Uh, Deuteronomy six, you know, when you see uh, six to nine, when you when you sit in your house and you walk by, there's like everywhere and anywhere life takes you, right. every opportunity you have. So, and that's why to your what you mentioned earlier, I would typically, and you're right, not everyone can do this, but that's why in our home, 
I would start, we had our can thing that we were going to do. We would be going through a book of Bible or some other Christian devotionals. But I would try to start out most, uh, <clears throat> most of our family time is, okay, um, have you guys had any conflicts today? Or I'd say, Kim, everything, anything with the girls I need to address? Or do you guys have any questions? I would just, I, I would try to take the scriptures to where they live in the moment. And sometimes I could do that. And then sometimes there was nothing. And so we would just, we would just proceed. But I just want the kids to know how incredibly practical and sufficient the word of God is and how, uh, how we can apply the scriptures. So you have to, you know, you have to teach it to them, right? Until I come give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, right? You have to explain it, but you have to exhort them. You have to show mm -hmm, them right. what it has to do with their little lives, whether they're at school or they have a conflict with their friend. Uh, show them how the scriptures apply to their little lives. That's good. I, I think, you know, one of the things that is coming to my mind even right now is, um, you know, as parents, we could have the ability, right, to do all of the responsibilities that God has given us. And then whenever it comes like Bible teacher time, just put on our Bible teacher hat and expect our children to try to understand our Bible teaching. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And we feel good about that because mm -hmm. that's one of the values we have as a church family. But um, th this kind of investment and stewardship that God has given us as parents is a whole life stewardship. Mm -hmm. Right. It, 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 it requires relationship building. Mm. It, it, it requires you to actually know your children. And, and Jason said, spend time, but, and he, and he hated on Nick Saban yesterday in the, I don't, liter, you I don't think I hated no, on Nick Saban. You said, said I hate him. him. So you well, hated on him, but you respect him, but you hated on him. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't hate him. I hate what he does to my yeah, beloved I, Auburn I, Tigers. I, I knew where you were going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But, yeah. Um, you know, Saban always says you can spend time or you can invest time. You know, yeah, and so like the, the the time you've got to invest time in your kids' lives to earn their trust yeah. to to so that they may want to incline their ear to you, right. right? And so just you know, being a terrible dad, but you do family worship is not really what we're going after here. And I get to preach on that this week. Yeah, yeah actually, there you go. how yeah. our parents live. You can, um, and I do think it's like I'm sorry, like, um, you can investing planning to invest time is important, but also um, there are things that you can do in your life. I think I love how you started out the thing saying that this is long, that mm -hmm. this is a long plan. And it's the same thing with parenting. This is, you're playing the long game here. Yeah, don't and, you wish you could just like, Disciple your kids one weekend. Right. <laughs> Be like, yeah, yeah, we got that. We got that. But my there, kids are discipled. I know, but there are things. One, um, an older, wiser woman told me once when my kids were small that you should always stop what you're doing when they walk in the room and smile at them. And, um, you know, just it made this available space, I guess, for them to always know that I was happy to see them, delighting in them, and that you're approachable, because I think we don't realize how much we can mm -hmm. get so busy and I'm doing important things and I don't have time for you right now. Um, but even if we are intentionally making time for them other times, but there's this kind of ongoing attitude of yeah, right. you're accessible to me. I mean, of course we, we have things where like you can't keep interrupting while I'm sure, doing that. We're training I, I think, them, but I think this is something the Lord's shown me in my parenting. There, there's obviously goals I have for my kids, mm -hmm. right? But the number one goal that I should really have as a dad is to win their heart. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if I can win their heart, then then I can point their heart to the Lord. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to win. I want to capture the hearts of my kids. I don't want to, I mean, this is kind of the Galatians, uh, you know, uh, six pa- or Ephesians six passage rather. I don't want to provoke my children. I don't want to anger my children. I don't want to, um, you know, embitter my children. I think, I think that's where a lot of Christian parents actually with really good goals, the best goals can do a lot of damage is they, they have all these goals and they're like, I'm going to do this for my child, but they don't, they don't win their heart. They, Mm. they don't, they don't gently raise them up in the, in the fear and love of the Lord. It's, it's this, they provoke them. And that's, I think, why that warning is there. Don't provoke your children to anger. Parenting, in a sense, is about having a relationship with your kids. I'd almost go so far maybe as to say it's sort of a prerequisite. I mean, to really parent effectively, you have to have a relationship with your children. Um, and, you know, you're a sinner and you're going to make, I mean, we could spend out, we can probably do a four-hour podcast on all the mistakes we've made as parents. I mean, for as many good things as I did, I've made so many mistakes. And most of them fall into the category of not being a good example in certain areas. But the fact of the matter is, you know, when we blow it, right, when we sin against our kids, we need to go back quickly and model a parent who's going to confess and forsake Mm -hmm. and commit to to changing. Because if they don't see that kind of humility in us, then it's going to tempt them to be proud and be slow to admit they're wrong when we're trying to correct them and bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Before we close... Um, I do want to give a plug to the catechism. I'm really excited about it. It's in four parts and it goes along with this kind of thing that we talk about all the time in our children's ministry and all of our ministries, God, man, Jesus response. And so for you parents, like I, I think that it's, it's going to be awesome. I mean, the, the first section is nine questions all about God. Um, and then to follow up with that, there's scripture verses that go along with that. So, you know, for example, I'll just look at question three. How many gods are there? Answer, there is only one, the true and living God who exists in three persons. The Father is the first person, the Son is the second person, and the Holy Spirit is the third person. And then there's some passages that go along. For example, the one that Lou's been citing, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God is one. Um, Jeremiah 10, 10, um, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. So anyway, the, the point is the, the, the kind of the goal, the way you use this is to ask, to talk about the question, talk about the answer. You can memorize it. They can memorize it or you can just talk about it. And then you use the passages of scripture that accompany them. And I, if I was a parent, I would maybe introduce the question every week and then use the scriptures in the succeeding days to kind of just say, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about how this is true, why, where we see this in the Bible. And it, there's 36 questions. And so, you know, to your point earlier, Lou, in our mind, you know, if there's 52 weeks a year, the amount of weeks that you're actually gonna probably, or you're not on vacation, it's not Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like normal weeks right. where you can kind of get into a rhythm mm-hmm. here. We just let 36 to be a good number and if you're, if you ace through that, great. You can do something else for the last, you know, few weeks of the year. But that that's the design of it. And, and really, it's designed to be gone through in a whole year. So I really, really hope that parents can use this and be helped by it because it's 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 a great tool. And it's yeah. my understanding that the, you know, the original catechism is the point was not only or primarily maybe that, you know, the kids memorize the scripture and, and get their theology in a bite size, you know, sentence or two or three or paragraph. I mean, I think the intent was that it's a springboard for the parents to talk about theology and to talk about yeah. 
how to glorify God in their daily life. So don't don't get you know don't get yourself boxed in to thinking that okay I've got to I check the box when I when we go over it and explain it and maybe memorize the sentence. You know it's more than that. It's a springboard to talk to them about their relationship with Christ. Any closing words, guys? Um. Just a just a quick note. Uh, I affirm. I think this catechism is going to be great. Looking mm-hmm. forward to using it. Um, but the third category that you mentioned, yeah. celebrate milestones of maturity. You know, there's there may be dads listening out there, moms out there. You know, who are incredible planners, right? They, what are milestones <laughs> of maturity? Yeah, they, they they plan out everything. Um, but we just want to encourage you, like, look at the arc of your child's life. And build in real scheduled times to celebrate the things that God has brought their way. And mm-hmm. if God is, as he continues to sustain their lives, take them on a trip. That's right. Go yeah. overnight. Take a boy camping. Take him fishing. Buy a boy baseball. Buy a boy baseball. <laughs> um, celebrate, you know, a ballet recital with, with a right. with a really special with flowers and a special right. dinner, you know, like yeah. go on dates with your girls, dads, you know, do these things um, and you will never regret it. And God will really use it. And, and, I, and I do love that. Like, you know, I know y'all do like a graduation trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the McClish family's done that. You know, we do like a kindergarten graduation, little like, I, you know, like, you know, took the kids to like Rock City or something. I mean, it's not like a huge trip, but just a little thing that, that celebrates the milestone of maturity when you know when they get baptized when you go on your first mission trip when you're when you're kind of it's not just spiritual milestones it's just they're growing up and you're celebrating maturity with them Mm -hmm. and again those are the kinds of things that open their hearts so uh, i love that and we want to help you do that too again Mm -hmm. we're going to talk more about that at the parent brunch next week and so we got a lot this is you can't we can't talk about this in one podcast so (laughs) we've we've probably said enough today but this has been a good conversation for Jennifer McClish, Lou Priolo, and Blake Rogers. I'm Jason Dees. Thanks so much for listening.